me more about this uh, this Christmas. Well, it's a wonderful time of the year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, no, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that load. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Yeah, it's ABC, featuring the VIPs of SBT. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode The podcast which reviews very special Christmas episodes from across the cosmos I am your host with a sword down the back of my shirt, Austin Gorton And sharing this podcast with me are three others a transforming bird lady, David. Carolyn Maine. <laughs> it was close. It was close. A rough and tumble warrior, David Bitsenhofer. <laughs> and an inept magician, Ryan oh. Alexander Tanner. Carol could have been any of these. These are just all Carol. <laughs> Thank you. I feel very honored this season. <laughs> Those are roughly analogous to the sorceress, man-at-arms, and Orko, the three people who know He-Man's secret. Oh, Austin, do you have a secret you want to tell us? Uh, I love He-Man. <laughs> I'm just going to come out with this immediately then, because these are the only people that know He-Man's secret. Uh-huh. His, whole, his whole costume is that he has a tan. <laughs> <laughs> and no See, shirt. He takes yeah, his he shirt off his and he's tan, and then they, his parents can't recognize him. <laughs> and also, why does he have a secret identity? There's like no even people there. Like there's like <laughs> twenty people in the whole world. You're not wrong. It doesn't affect anything because it's like Prince Adam's always getting fucked with by Skeletor anyway. It's not like he's gonna get bothered more. <laughs> it's not protecting. As him. Ryan's rant alludes, this week oh, we're sorry. reviewing He-Man and She-Ra: A Christmas Special, in which the titular characters and their friends accidentally kidnap some kids from Earth, fight some robots, and teach Skeletor the true meaning of Christmas. That's all. So, uh, Ryan. Yeah. Are you a he-maniac? Ooh, is that what they're called? I have no fucking clue. I just made that up. Do they have like... I mean, maybe maybe that's why. I'm sure they have some name for the like, he-man fans, call themselves something. I wonder but... if they do. Do you think they have haters. a convention, too? <laughs> what was that, David? They're called women haters. Aw. <laughs> he-man women haters. Yeah. <laughs> they're called fur underpants wearers. His outfit. Wow. You don't see that much purple and pink on a man yeah. usually. True. He's so unless he's the most masculine man, the He-Man. He's so masculine, yeah, that he, <laughs> that has he can to, wear that. That's part of his disguise is he's really foppish <laughs> in his <laughs> his secret identity. 
Yeah, I'm fairly certain there's He-Man conventions, Ryan. Do you think that if you were a woman and you just stood next to He-Man, you would become pregnant? <laughs> I hope I, not, because his sister hangs out with him. I don't know That's the true. answer to that, but I'm a man, and I stood next to He-Man, and I got pregnant. So. That's true. <laughs> oh, David, when are you due? <laughs> At the same time, I feel like the He-Man universe is so, like uber g rated that that just wouldn't happen there's no pregnancy in here i don't know well, it is She-Ra's it outfit that's not a g rated yeah. outfit jesus <laughs> that's true it's funny how she-ra kind of like uh stretches some of the boundaries in a way he man never did well, i don't know he's he's just running around in his underwear it's just how we uh, view women and men i think i suppose it's true and you guys i don't think it's very g rated because i saw two well not people but people some some beings fuck in this episode. We'll get there. You did? Oh, I saw lots of beings going at it in this yeah. episode. I saw Austin a giant metal dick it. too. So you know, <laughs> you saw that too. Oh, good. So anyway, my experience <laughs> with He Man. Uh, I watched it when I was a kid, like a little kid, and I liked it then. And I had He Man action figures. He Man action figures were the shit. And that was one thing I was being reminded of as I was watching this. It's like, oh, this is just all a toy commercial. Like, that's why everyone right. is basically an action figure, a kind of distinctive action figure with a gimmick. Um, and I've wa- I watched this Christmas special maybe five years ago. And I probably hadn't watched He-Man in 20 years or something. And I love this thing. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about it. But yeah, He-Man's like a relic from my youth that I didn't really keep up with, but and this made me want to watch more He-Man. Like it's fun to like get high and watch He-Man or whatever, but it's like I don't have that much time to do shit like that. But He-Man is awesome like bad and bad and also like uh just baffling. Like the decisions behind it <laughs> and the corners they cut and like the balance of that it's got a re- it's like there's very little animation, but the mm-hmm. drawings are really good. And then there's these really weird moments. Everything's just odd. And like, uh, I don't know. I love He-Man. It's great. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, yeah, I watched it as a kid. I think I had some He-Man action figures. I don't remember a lot about the actual plot or like the story behind like i knew it was like oh yeah he was like prince adam he turned into he-man i didn't know and he fought skeletor but i don't remember many mm-hmm. of the character names i know like they have like i was gonna say that's pretty much the plot david you <laughs> nothing know the plot but i don't know why Six, skeletor... 60 some episodes you nailed it <laughs> i don't know why skeletor what's skeletor's motivation like what's he's after you never know david <laughs> he likes to fight he-man david <laughs> how does he-man get punch his him real good. Like, why did he get his powers? What's his purpose in the universe? If you ever he held his sword aloft <laughs> and said these magic words and discovered he had great powers. It's right there the opening. If you like, ever are curious what anyone's motivation is to do anything, it's the answer is always to sell toys. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like the double edge of it. Like it's very cynical, but at the same time when you see like the panoramics in this episode yeah. and how many just the colorful cast of characters they have, which was all just because they had those different toys, but it's like, man, this is like a giant ensemble of characters you want to get to know. But, uh, but overall, I so I watched it as a kid. Had some toys. I don't have like that nostalgic love for it that certain people on this podcast might have. Like who? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I would be able to tolerate like actually sitting down and watching many of the episodes, unlike some of the other. 80s cartoons i could or 80s or early 90s and i think a lot of things that 
Ryan loves about it, which just is what makes me not like it. So. Aww. <laughs> like, the you're, baffling you're... decisions just annoy me. The, like, limited animation of the movement just bother me and all that. You're an old Skeletor. Yeah, I am an old Skeletor. <laughs> I hope that <laughs> this <laughs> holiday extravaganza turns your heart back. <laughs> I might, I might get the urge to clothe kids by the end of this. Yeah, will shoot them with a laser that makes them have jackets. (laughs) Spoiler. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler. There will be a jacket laser later on that comes out of a skull staff. Yeah, do they ever define Skeletor's powers? No, he's it's magic. He has magic, David. No, you fool. You don't uh, even know, like, if he has a last name or, like... It's Skeletor. His last name's Tor. Tor. One thing I like about He-Man, too, is, like, you never get a sense... I guess you do a little bit with Prince Adam and stuff, but you never get a sense of what Skeletor's life is like when he's not just doing evil villain shit. Like, he's just, like, in an empty castle by himself. Or he's, like... He's never, like, just chilling out with uh, yeah. Beast Man or whatever. He's always like, um, Beast Man, we must... Do this, stupid! We have to do get this device ready or whatever. It's like they're never just like eating. They're never ever like hungry and goes and gets something to eat in He Man. Always some bizarre. I don't know. Technically, Skeletor has like a Claudius Scar thing going on where he's King Randor's brother, who was what? denied the throne of Eternia. What? And, and had like a whole sorcerer accident that turned him into Skeletor. No way! What? Yeah. How did you find that out? He was Randor's brother, Keldor. Wait, is Randor He-Man's dad? Yeah. He dad? So Skeletor is He-Man's uncle. Was this in the cartoon, Austin? I'm 100% sure it was never in the cartoon. (laughs) Really? What, did you read Uh, it on a cereal box? How do you know? Most of it comes from the series Bible that the creators put together. And then all of that stuff gets, you know, leaked out through the years amongst the fandom. But and they never put it in the show? <laughs> no. You're sure? Because the show was, yeah, I, well, maybe towards the, I mean, yeah. I, I don't have a encyclopedic memory of, like, all the episodes and stuff. I would just be surprised if any of that ever made it into the show. Yeah, it provides so much context. I mean, it's still weird even knowing yeah. that, but it, it helps a little. <laughs> yeah. It's something. There's, so there's a lot of stuff in, like, the series Bible that came out in various ways. And then, like, 10 or 15 years ago, when, when like, all of the 80s properties were kind of having a renaissance because we were all growing up and had disposable income. I and we're remember like, that thing. Oh, remember that shit we liked when we were kids? Let's oh, revisit that. It's the whole basis of uh, every conversation we ever have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, Mattel did a whole, like revamped masters of the universe classics line where they did like super posable great sculpt versions of the figures and released them through their like mattel fan club mail order kind of thing and they all had like a lot more information on like the card backs about the backstory is there a simple way on the internet to read all that stuff because i would like to read it before i go to bed Mm-hmm. I mean, I there's a He-Man wiki page, I'm sure, because every fucking thing has a wiki. So page, I can probably so. just Google my way. There's not like a site you know yeah. of. Yeah, not that I I know. There's a there's a site that I've read that has a lot of background information, specifically on the toys, mm-hmm. but not as much on sort of well, the larger universe as a whole. And this all originally just came about because of the Conan movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. He-Man started as like a 
Mattel wanted to do a barbarian themed toy line mm-hmm. to piggyback off the success of Conan well, and thought, then came up with I thought they created these toys as the Conan the Barbarian toys but then it was realized it was like R rated and kids wouldn't watch it and then they like were like we need <laughs> something to sell these toys so they just created He-Man and then stop them from making right, RoboCop right. toys mm-hmm. I would yeah. give anything to be in the room when someone was like I got it here's what it's called He-Man that's like what I'll never get used to that yeah, it's pretty nuts. So, Carol, what's your uh, your relationship with He-Man? Uh, similar to everybody. I feel like that's always my answer. I'm such a joiner. Uh, yeah, it's from the back-back trenches of my childhood memory. This one, for some reason, always felt really exciting to me as a kid. Maybe it was how hunky and babelicious and scantily clad everybody is. <laughs> Yeah. Men and women, just hunks and babes. It's a muscle hunk and, and beautiful Even babe like kind monstrous of people are just wearing oh, like a little fur now. speedo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Skeletor's ripped, right? He's got. He's, he's ripped as hell. <laughs> I don't know how he has a skull open, but prominent abs at the same That's time. That's another thing I can't ever get over is like the villain. First of all, his name being Skeletor, and then he's like a buff skeleton. <laughs> What are the rules in this universe? How much soft tissue does he have? How much hard tissue does he have? It's all hard. Skeleton, right? Does he get a boner? Mm, He does, yeah. I get it. Anyways, but yeah, right? I had you. Uh, So it's a really old, great show. Not great, not that good at all, but... (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, We watched it as a kid. I might have alluded previously to a VHS of things we would tape off the damn TV. It was really early pirating when you'd learn how to use the record button on your VCR. And this was definitely featured prominently on that VHS of yore. And I always think about it as this really good, you know, like um, a live drama where it's just orphans and Skeletor in the frozen tundra. Upon revisiting that, that's very slight. In terms of the length of this episode <laughs> and the other things that happen. But um, this has a special place in my heart, but I can't remember any of it except the orphans in the tundra when it's over. So uh, He-Man's pretty dope in general. I like it, but then I look at it and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> so what are good. they doing too? Uh, David, I, I don't have a definitive answer to your Conan theory. Okay. Mm. I'm pretty uh, sure I heard that. So according to this is the Battle Ram uh, mm-hmm. website, which has a ton of like great info on the like the development of the action figure line Ooh. and the toys and stuff and Battle lots of Ram? artwork and stuff. Battle Ram. It's battleram.wordpress.com. Ryan's going to look that up later and he's going to get a different website. I'll look it up right now. This says that Mattel was looking for a new boys action figure line that could be produced without paying licensing fees to a third party. They had passed <laughs> on making Star Wars toys and of course Star Wars had been enormously successful. Mattel's existing boys lines, Clash of the Titans, Battlestar Galactica, and Flash Gordon could not compete with Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. So then they had a designer come up with uh three rudimentary action figures Mm -hmm. um the idea being that it was a generic hero that could then be tricked out to be like a sci-fi character a barbarian character or a military character Mm -hmm. and then they decided to go with the barbarian character and then develop the whole concept from there well he's like a space barbarian is one thing i love about him yeah, there's like a cool like fusion between sci-fi and fantasy going. Yeah, on. and he's like a really fancy space barbarian, foppish. Perhaps. Yeah, he's a prince. 
Mm-hmm. Did Thundar the Barbarian come out before this? Though? Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's the other thing is it's got like kind of a Jack Kirby vibe, like mm-hmm. or those co- cartoons, yeah. those Hanna Barbera cartoons. Is this Hanna Barbera? It's not, right? No. no, this is filmation. Okay, yeah, it's like kind of those Hanna Barbera shows that like Toth or uh, Jack Kirby worked on Thundar specifically, right? right. Um, yeah, well, and, Kirby, and Kirby did all the Super Friends stuff too, the like eighties iteration of it. Yeah, huh. and I believe he worked on the Herculoids. No, that was Toth. Um, <laughs> but uh, Gleep and Gloop. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this again. <laughs> but uh, wait, I had a point about the design of He Man. Ooga Mooga. I don't know. It's just sort of creative, but also hacky at the same time. Like, oh, the other thing I wanted to say about it is that one thing I love about He Man is that there's two bodies. I thought for some reason it was more conspicuous in this animation. Like all the women have the exact same body, but all the men right. do too. And like I remember even as a little kid being like, oh, every torso is the same of all yeah. the He-Man toys. They yeah. just have like a different yeah. like uh, removable belt or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, they slap on a new uh, chest plate and maybe give them a... A uh, vac metal hand or two, yeah, and, and then, then they a different call it head too. Right? Yeah, a different yeah, head. It's like this guy's yeah. got a alligator head, or this guy's got a oh, skull yeah. head. They go crazy on those heads, yeah. but everybody has just ripped to shit. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. great. The same one. They all go to the same gym at exactly the same time, <laughs> the exact same thing. Uh, so yeah, obviously, as I'm sure you've all figured out, I'm a pretty big He-Man guy. Um, He-Man is probably the first intellectual property that I sort of latched onto Mm. that I can remember being a fan of. Um, So it was definitely like when I was the youngest that I can remember being that I was really into He-Man. You know, and I I still have vivid memories of like going downstairs in the morning by myself and turning on the TV and watching Uh He-Man. My mom likes to tell the story about how I was a kid and I'd run around with the plastic He-Man sword down the back of my shirt and people at stores would think that I was like some poor kid with back problems that was wearing a back brace. And she would just explain like, no, that's just his He-Man sword. <laughs> and as Did I, you as... ever threaten anybody at the grocery store? No, I would just pull it out and do the whole by the power of Grayskull. Did thing. you imagine yourself transforming? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Was well, as, as listeners of Saved by the Bell reviewed may remember, uh, the first thing I wanted to be when I grew up was He-Man. Oh, that's right. I... Before I grasped the concept that you didn't grow up to become specific things, you grew up to become, like, a job. Yeah, being He-Man's not a career. <laughs> right. What if right. you did, though? What if you just wore, like, fur underwear and had a big sword strapped to your back? Just, like, worked out all the time. Lived in a castle. your best life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> more pink and more purple mm-hmm. and then white tights, Austin. And you're just, like, and available. So, yeah. You're like, if the lizard men show up, <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> I'll be there to get rid of them in a in a violent yet vaguely non-violent way mm-hmm. that doesn't involve, you know, a lot of punching. I'll spray on a um, tan. You won't know it's me. Yep. And I'll... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I had, you know, I had a ton of toys. I, I can still remember the the Christmas that I got Castle Grayskull or when oh, I got man. I recently saw that Wind toy. from Santa Claus. That toy is so legit. It's, like, really cool. It's got a moat and different spikes and it's a cave. If you've seen it in person, it's like a beautiful yeah. place that I think it we is. Had, it's really. I think we had the great. evil castle and didn't it have a hand puppet. 
Uh, well, Hordak's Fright Zone had a hand puppet. <laughs> okay. Skeletor Snake Mountain had like a snake thing that was like a microphone that you would talk into oh, and then it would be yeah. like, now your voice is evil. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I had all that shit. I still I have like a big these... big tub of my old uh, He-Man figures oh. that uh, that Liam plays with now and really? warms my heart. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Are you yeah, like, so then, do you micromanage him when he, you're like, no, no, wait, don't. You're being too rough with Gorilla Man. Oh, no, they're they're beat to shit. I mean, these were like, these are the toys I had when I was a kid, and I played with them when I was his age and not much older. So it wasn't like I was terribly gentle with them, yeah. so they're not in the bed. I'm just like, go to town, kid. That's, that's why I hung on to them all these years. <laughs> yeah, that's do awesome. you have, like, the flocked one, the one that's furry? A moss Man, yes. Ooh, yes I, I had do. Moss Man. How's he his, doing? And his stinky counterpart, Stinkor. Oh, Stinkor, the toy that stinks. Yeah. <laughs> that was it's entirely possible that my love of puns comes from the fact that, like, wow. the first fictional universe I encountered, everyone's name was a pun. It's not even a pun, though. It's just the, a, a description. <laughs> and then, like, uh, another sound. Like, it'll be like... I've always liked Manny Faces. <laughs> Manny Faces is good. He has many faces. <laughs> You know, I gotta give it to the toy makers. They made good toys to go with this show. They did. Yeah, and certainly certainly this as I show, you know, though. as I grew older I got into other things. Uh, I was you know, got I got to be a pretty big G.I. Joe and Transformers fan and Voltron and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I went back, you know, when that wave of eighties nostalgia hit and watched some of the animated series. It's definitely rough when you're old. Like I would have an easier time watching G.I. Joe or Transformer episodes now than I would he like genuinely mm-hmm. than I would He-Man though it would probably be more fun to watch He-Man ironically at this point um but yeah I and so I kind of kept up with the the developments a little bit I've read some of the more recent comic book series that they've done oh. um I have a couple of like art books like of you know about the figures and about the um the mini comics that they packaged with all of the, the figures. I my that the first comic books I ever read were the little mini comics that they put inside. Oh the, yeah, the figures back in the day. So it's one of those shows. Like I, I would definitely consider myself a bigger fan of other properties, but there's a lot of He Man sort of encoded in my pop culture DNA still. Cool. I'm glad you and I, I, I loved the movie when I was a kid. Even oh though man, it was like a terrible adaptation <laughs> of He Man, but. That was the uh-huh. genesis of my, like, I like He-Man, this is He-Man, so I guess I have to like it yeah. mentality. Well, like this, isn't it about a crossover between real the real world and the yeah. He-Man Well, yeah, world? and because it's cheaper to shoot things on Earth <laughs> than make up a oh. fantasy land, so they were like, let's drop Dolph Lundgren into a studio backlot, and we'll spend 75% of the movie there. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, you know, I have vivid memories of going to see it in the theater with my dad, and I feel bad for my dad having to sit through that. But did you feel betrayed and lied to when Skeletor pronounced that he'd be back, but he was never back? Very much so. <laughs> oh, that's that like was a like movie my, that, that has a cliffhanger, right? And then well, at the end, he just like it's like the it's the first time I ever encountered a post credit sequence, which oh. is now like a ubiquitous part of franchises. Yeah, at the very end, Skeletor's head pops up out of the weird red water he fell into mm-hmm. and it's like i'll be back <laughs> but he never was he's in our hearts because he's never left forever yes <laughs> you know what else is in skeletor's heart 
the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Yay. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. So this thing, uh, this thing starts off. Yeah, and I've I've seen this a few times. I watched it. I think kind of like you said, Ryan, a few years ago, like five years ago, maybe. So do you know um, what's the relationship? Is this place called Eternia? Is that right? Yes, Eternia is where He Man lives, and Etheria is where She Man. Right, because they live in separate Etheria's dimensions. Right, right, but they're brother and sister. Correct. They're twins. They're twins. And then, yes. um, and they basically live in different dimensions because they had different shows and they wanted to have a different yeah. cast tree. And they couldn't be like, oh, she lives 20 miles away. She's living in another dimension. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she was kidnapped as a baby by Hordak and taken uh, to the other dimension. Oh, dang. And then, um, do they ever mention Earth other than this? Like, what's the relationship between this? Yes. He Man's mom, Queen Marlena. Is from she's an astronaut from Earth what? who crash landed on Eternia and married King Randor and then had baby He Man. No way! Do you yeah, know that's that? That's in the, in the, that's show? In the cartoon. That's in the cartoon. There's an episode where they talk about her <laughs> crash land being a space astronaut and crash landing on Eternia and all that. What? Do they uh, go to Earth very much on the show? They don't. I don't know that they ever go to Earth outside of what we see in this episode. That's nuts. And how do you get there? Is it like dimensional portals with sorcery? Or what? You saw how they got there. Orko gets himself <laughs> blasted off in a ship and he crashes there. But wait, if the yeah, mom was an astronaut, rockets. can you just fly? Is it like far away from Earth or yeah, is it another I think dimension? I, it, the impression that I remember having, and again, I haven't watched these episodes in a long time, yeah. but the impression I remember having was that it was difficult to get to Earth, which is undermined in this episode because Orko just kind of falls there. Like a poor But <laughs> the idea was always supposed to be that, like, she got sucked into some sort of, like, t- black hole or time warp thing and got spit out in Eternia, and it wasn't like she could just turn around and go back to Earth, which is why she ended up making a life for herself on Eternia. Well, quite the life. She marries the king. That's the... I know. I mean, that's the way to do it if you're going to land on an alien planet. Is his name Randor because he's a random guy that she just hooked up with? Randor. No, Some Randor. Randy. I figured he was Randor because he was Randy. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. he was when that astronaut landed. Right? He must have been so happy, though. He was like a human woman, and she's not like half bird or like has a snake's <laughs> face. Like, she doesn't have an <laughs> elephant nose yeah. or moss covering herself. I can't wait to hear his backstory. <laughs> um, Austin, yeah. do they have Jesus in Eternia? Mm. Um, I don't think so. Based on this episode, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So yes, uh, this episode, uh, this Christmas special mm-hmm. opens as snow is falling on Eternia. Yeah, I noted that the... uh, apparently in Eternia, uh, it's winter when it's like snow falls during Christmas season, apparently, which just mm-hmm. made me think about how the fact that we associate snow with Christmas, yet like the vast majority of like populated areas don't get snow during Christmas. Mm. And it feels like ethnocentric or something i don't know eurocentric like nor northern hemisphere like yeah. not even hemisphere like northern yeah. top of the hemisphere northern, northern hemisphere you know it's like anyway yeah that is a good point i always i think about that too sometimes like whenever we get mad in minnesota like oh we don't have any snow at christmas it's not a white christmas it's like welcome to 80 percent of the country <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so yes um the masters of the universe and she 
team, whatever they're called, are decorated. I have no idea. Like it's it's He-Man, Master Universe, and then She-Ra's posse. They're uh, decorating the palace for something that isn't Christmas, but reminds Queen Marlena because she's from Earth of Christmas. It's for their birthday, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's for He-Man and and She-Ra's birthday. Mm Which and means they're like explains... born on Christmas or a day before. Like are, a day before. Are they saying that they're yeah. pretty interesting? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he Jesus wouldn't be cooler <laughs> if he had like a sword and a talking tiger that he rode around on <laughs> for undies, for underpants. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. I think I'd take a flying horse over a tiger, though. Yeah. No. Totally. Mm, that's a tough and one, one that can talk. Why can't the tiger fly? Because he doesn't have big wings. wings. Yeah. Yeah, he's a tiger. I'm going to make him fly. That's in my toy box. (laughs) But (laughs) that's not fair because a flying tiger versus a flying horse is a lot easier than... In in your defense, Carol, later in this episode, Mm. He-Man is clearly riding through the air a vehicle that is meant to go on the ground. (laughs) So the creators of this show had your approach to things, which is just like, let's make this do what we want it to do now. Mm. Or like, we put the wrong background on. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck it, do it live. I, I, I should note they said they were decorating for days, which just sounds like a nightmare to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just went on and I on. Did, I did enjoy the decoration process, too. Like, She-Ra's crew, whatever they're called, <laughs> the ladies who go over the car. She-Ra's yeah. posse. Like, yeah, they were so girly, and like they were like painting like a uh, try a purple star, yeah. and just like painting it. And one lady's mm-hmm. name was Perfuma. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. they basically just gave it on the script. They're like, oh, do a bunch of girl shit, a bunch of ladies well, doing lady shit, big time. Well, they're painting on the walls. How can it like come off, or is it just like <laughs> it's magic paint? I'm sure it comes like, off. This is a bad lesson for kids. Like Liam's gonna get some ideas if he watches it. I know. Well, and then there's there's poor Bo, the token male amongst Shira's yeah. posse. <laughs> Oh, that's his, I was calling him Mr. Loot, because when he busts out the loot, spoiler. You know, he does, yeah, eh, that's an appropriate name as well. Yeah, that's Bo. He's, I, he, you could tell he was totally checking out Pika Blue's ass in one of those shots. I mean, why not? I, uh, I do appreciate that Bo has that heart on his sweater, too. I think, I really like the girl universe, where you just make men dress in bare minis with hearts on it. I appreciate that. Play a loot, bitch. I, I think it's very evident that Bo gets around, you know what I'm saying? I, he must. He's the only only guy default. in Sheila's yeah. crew, you know he's getting around. Yeah. He's getting passed around. <laughs> and he, <right>? <laughs> That's why he's so comfortable in his masculinity. Yeah. Actually, I think everybody, except maybe Man of War, is comfortable in their masculinity. Mm. Except the bad guys. They're all messed up. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. So then Queen Marlene is wondering, amidst all of this revelry, where Man-at-Arms and Adam, Prince Adam, are. And it turns out that the boys are busy prepping a satellite to spy on Skeletor, (laughs) but they walk away briefly, so Orko fucks things up. (laughs) This is probably the first of many times I thought, like, if they just offed Orko, would would they be in better shape? (laughs) He's like the speech of the... Just let him die when he gets close to dying. Yeah, exactly. Don't stop it from happening. Yeah, Orko is 100% the screech mm. of, oh, of yeah. He-Man and the Masters. He of the does East. have incredible abilities, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
The idea is that he's from another dimension. Orko's from and... another dimension? What? Yes. It's not the Shira dimension. It's like a whole other one. It's a whole other dimension. Golly. And that the process of tra- he was like forcibly kicked into the Eternian dimension and that caused his like magical abilities to get fucked up. So he is constantly trying to do magic like he could do in his home dimension, but it's fucked up in Eternia. Oh, weird. That, that's all sad and all, but that doesn't prevent him from not just sneaking onto like a ship and like pushing around. Yeah, he doesn't use magic to accidentally launch this ship with himself in it <laughs> yeah. into the sky. He just climbs aboard and starts hitting buttons like some small <laughs> child. He's just really reckless, you know? He's yeah. not careful. Yeah. He doesn't think before he acts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he blasts off in this, in this spy satellite slash ship and and that leads us into the opening credits and a Christmasized version of She-Ra's opening theme song. So good. So we all watched this on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yes. And there's like every two minutes, there's like a six second ad. And they're always in in the middle of something, too. They're not like it should be someone's job to like find the spots to put your a million annoying ads. Anyway, I just wanted oh, to Oh, you should get an ad blocker. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have those problems. Oh, everybody knows more than I I'm the fool. <laughs> All right. Get an ad blocker, I'll, fool. I'll My just favorite shut is up. when like a website is like you use ad blocker. Could you please unblock it and they won't let you look at it unless you do and then you do and then like the website crashes your computer cuz there's so many fucking ads and you're like mm. <laughs> like you wonder why you use ad blocking. Uh, going back to Orko, is he was he kicked out of his dimension because they hated him? I forget exactly the Probably. circumstances. It must be then. It must I, be yeah, just, yeah. I, no one's going to contest There's no that. other explanation. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, can I say about the credits that uh, the best part and definitely why I watched the show as a kid was how sparkly the things are yeah. when it says He Man and She Ra. It's so oh, it's sparkly. Like, yeah, everything is. Uh, a... And then when they transform, uh, I can't wait. It's so shiny, but they can only do it for like four seconds that they repeat eight times in an episode. Yeah. It must be pretty expensive, but I love it. Well, I wanted to say that actually because. A lot of cartoons of this era in particular, but they still do it. Like, I think a lot of Japanese cartoons do it where there's like one sequence they always use. It's like expensive. It's like when they form Mm -hmm. Voltron, it looks really good. And then the whole rest of the show looks like shit Mm -hmm. or Pokemon is like that. It has like these sequences they use every time, like six Mm -hmm. seconds of animation that they spent money on and put effort into. And then the rest of it's just like cutouts. Right, but right. In He-Man, even the transformation sequence looks cheap and shitty. <laughs> it's like, Although it still looks better than all of the other stuff. I know, but it still doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. It was so sparkly. It's not well animated, but right. it's very shiny, Ryan. Certainly. Oh, I agree that it's shiny. Uh, yeah, it's the glitter. I mean, I'm not saying it's not amazing. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, that it's not perfect. When I look at it now, I was surprised at how inexpensive it looked. Like it didn't really look <laughs> like I would have assumed from my memory that that was like where some motion happened or the camera moved around or something. But still, no, it's a sparkly. <laughs> uh, Carolyn, the crack research team reports in that Orko came to Eternia via a cosmic storm which accidentally transported him there accidentally hey yeah. orko go check out that lightning oh, go stand by that <laughs> portal orko <Yeah. laughs> 
So after the credits, uh, we cut into Skeletor and uh, Too Bad are <laughs> cruising the sky. See, he has two heads, you guys. That's why. See, Too Bad. Too Bad. It's the two. Uh, they dope. Interesting story about Too Bad. Yeah. The action figure was originally meant to be like one head was good and one head was bad. Ah. But somewhere along the way, uh, someone at Mattel thought that would be too morally confusing for kids. Yeah. <laughs> so he, they made them switch it to where both the heads are bad. Didn't they have it too? Like the heads don't get along and weren't they, it wasn't a position so that you yeah. move the arms and the heads would punch <laughs> each other in the face. That is correct. Which yeah. also meant that like they couldn't do anything else or hold any weapons. <laughs> yeah, totally. Disappointing. <laughs> For like a gag built into the thing. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. are you hitting yourself? Why yeah. Are you yeah, exactly. That? that was literally all the toy could do was hit itself. <laughs> now but, too bad I hit him. <laughs> yeah, and they were like curved, so like they couldn't even like hit other. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, they were like yeah. really had a low range of motion. I get them in the limited zone in your play, yeah. I'd imagine. Right. Somehow, right. like, He-Man gets his head stuck between the two heads, and then he can yeah. get punched, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Skeletor and Too Bad are cruising through the skies of Eternia, <laughs> and they spot the weird satellite rocket thing that Orko is in. But well, why were they there then... to begin with? Like, what was... Mm-hmm. Skeletor's well, you want, motivation. You want some like David Lynchian motivation here, David? They're just cruising yeah. around looking for evil to do. Yeah. <laughs> cruising for evil. Exactly. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll crash the ship into Castle Grayskull. Maybe we'll, you know, dive bomb some peaceful being. Ah, who knows? And then uh, Prince Adam decides he's got to go chase after the satellite. So then we get our first, as Ryan mentioned, uh, reused animation of the classic. He-Man transformation scene. the only time we see him actually transform. Yeah, the first time we see He-Man, or the only time we see He-Man in this episode. And I gotta say, like, there's just something about that He-Man sequence, like, the whole drawing the sword, like, it's, it's, like, built into my DNA at this point. (laughs) Like, there's just this, like, yeah, like, there's just this visceral, like, gut feeling that I get whenever whenever (laughs) I see that. Do you still feel like... You're like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little bit that's still just like, yeah. I wish that's what I was right now. Yeah. I keep trying to hold up a sword, but I can't get the sparkles to go. What they is just, it? What's they the just word? don't come out right. Ooga mooga. What's a guy got to do? Come on. So then this is where He-Man is riding a vehicle that like has wheels on it and was sold as a toy that like you you pulled a cord and it rode along the ground, but here he's just like flying through the sky on it. Yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah. And he jumps in, yeah, the animators are like, What who, what what do we fucking carry? We already have this picture drawn, let's put him in it. Yeah. And uh, he jumps on the skeletor ship and he fucks up the ship's he claws. He just starts so that- beating up the spaceship. <laughs> So cool! How strong is he, man? He's like real strong. He's huh? the strongest man in the universe. Is he? He's really yeah. strong. Is That's that what he's called? He's yeah. He's he, man, the most powerful man in the universe. Oh wow! Is he the strongest man in every dimension? I mean, probably. Well, no. Well, then those like uh, like rope, like metal ropes. The force belt. Oh, yeah. oh no, no! Before the, the force belt, well, he basically starts jacking okay. off the ship, which is a little racy. Yeah. When he, when he, they're like yeah. vines that right. are going to come out with the claws. And then uh, he gets wrapped up by like some metal tentacles. I guess he doesn't have leverage. Maybe that's why he can't. Yeah. Well, he breaks the first one, the... but then like eight of them yeah, like they... wrap around him. 
So he gets wrapped up by these tentacles and then She-Ra comes riding up on her badass rainbow horse <laughs> and uh, jumps Who off. and a surprisingly masculine voice. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he's like a rainbow horse that. with wings, with like rainbow wings named Swiftwind. And he's like, hey, She-Ra, what are we going to do <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> it's like kind of scratchy and weird. And then yeah. I didn't even know he was going to talk at all. And then yeah, we, I, so I was surprised already. <laughs> but then I was like extra surprised. He's like, hey, She-Ra, what's going on? Like, why is it? Not till later. He's just like hanging out, and you're like, "Oh, that's just a horse. It's just a rainbow horse." No, dude, it's a dude rainbow horse who can talk. Who smokes like eight packs a day? Yeah. Hey, Shira, go get me some cigarettes. Um, (laughs) I like to. I wrote it down. Like, I there's so many great things that come out of how shitty the animation is. I feel like, (laughs) and one is like, it's like they don't really even things they use over and over. They didn't really get it right. Like, they didn't bother. Like, whenever the horse is supposed to just be kind of staying in one spot in the air, like, the way it's moving is, like, super weird looking. It's, like, kind of going up and down. Like, I guess it's supposed to look like it's uh, hovering or whatever, but it has this weird stilted, (laughs) it just looks bizarre, and it's, like, I can't stop looking at it. It's, like, flailing. There's this weird scene where so Orko blasts off, like he hits some button and then he goes like even further into space. Mm-hmm. And so then He-Man and She-Ra jump off of Skeletor's ship onto their their respective waiting mounts. And there's this like hilarious bit where Swiftwind, the sentient flying horse, I can understand how it's able to like hover underneath the ship so that it could grab She-Ra, but He-Man's like rocket sled that's supposed to be on the ground is floating right next to Swiftwind yeah. and like somehow knows where to grab He you know, so He-Man can jump onto him. And weird. the two of those next to each other, it's like it's like weird animation of Is this where the force belt happened? Yeah, this is after the force belt. Uh, I want to talk about those in particular because they name it. It's part of the tentacle thing, but like Skeletor's like, yeah, I use the force belts. And He-Man's like, oh, force belts. <laughs> By the way, He-Man is like especially dippy in the voice. Isn't huh. he just a big nerd, don't you feel like? Yeah, he does have almost like a California dude. Yeah, he's a mimbo yeah. vibe. <laughs> yeah, like not quite there, but just like on the precipice of falling into that voice. Yeah. Right? And really swarmy and pretty dorky. And then Shira just has so much integrity mm-hmm. to her. I don't know. I love her. So so the force belt happened, and you can tell when it hits him that it's not He Man's first force belt. He's just like, oh, <laughs> force belt. Oh, this is too many. <laughs> it was so homoerotic in a series that ultimately oppressed, I would admit that I find homoerotic myself. Yeah, you don't have to look, you don't have to squint very narrow (laughs) to see a little homoeroticism in this one. Uh, So then there's this weird sequence where I think like Skeletor makes all of his goons jump out of the ship via a single parachute so that he could like lighten the load and go after Orko. No, he was just mad at them. He's really mean to his muscle hunks. Yeah, he's shitty to them. He he makes them jump ship. Well, he was mad at them because, you know, they got away or whatever. Everything got fucked up. Right. So then he, like, ejects them from the ship, but he just throws one parachute to one of them, and then he ejects them from the ship. And then it flashes to the scene of, like, one of the guys in a parachute and everyone else is hanging onto the legs. And I'm like, I'm glad the physics all worked out so they could grab onto each other or like Skeletor would have lost three henchmen there. That I know that's just, I love love how they're drawn such that like, they're all holding each other so that their face is in the other one's crotch. (laughs) They're just 69ing on the way down. 
Christmas. It's our last chance. We might. This might be our final moment. Clawful and and Web Store are like, this is it. We gotta express our love now. Does two-headed man have two penises Ooh. or one? No, he just has two heads. Every everything else is. <laughs> That's why like they're so mad at each heads. other. Yeah. They have to share one penis. I know. Exactly. Um, I was thinking too. While I was watching yeah. uh, before he ejects them. Is like these guys. Like how? I wonder. It seems like they're really qualified to be henchmen. Like because they can like fly a thing too. Like they know how to operate all these strange vehicles. Uh, so I was just wondering, like, with how dispensable he treats them, like, it seems like they really have credentials to do this. Yeah. Yeah, why, why are they putting up with it? I don't know. They, they need a union. Do you ever see, like, a street scene in Eternia? Like, are there other people? Are these the only people in the world? Is <laughs> no, no, you're totally right, Ryan. There is this weird, like, emptiness to the show. Like, every once in a while, they'll do episodes where, like, you know, He-Man goes to the village of the Bleeble Blorps and there's like people <laughs> hanging around or you get like in this episode later on, we have the man cheens. Yeah, uh, but it's never like a, like a bunch, bunch of people. Of... It's not, it's always like little right. elf beings or something. And right? I feel like there's probably some episodes where like it starts off with like Prince Adam shirking his responsibilities at the <laughs> castle to go be He-Man. And there might be some like normal non-action figure people hanging around like at, at the castle or something but mm-hmm. yeah for the most part there's this there aren't even like innocent bystanders milling about unless they create one or two to serve the plot mm-hmm. <laughs> because innocent bystanders in the background are expensive to draw yeah i mean that's what it really it's a lot cheaper to put like two figures in front of a bunch of trees than two figures in bunch in front of a bunch of like distinctive people. Well, it's even cheaper to just use the same drawing of He-Man's face in the foreground and so and so in the background. And they're talking to each other, even though they're facing the same direction. This is also true. Yeah. Cause they sure show that a lot. So then uh, He-Man and She-Ra are following Orko through the vacuum of space, (laughs) despite being respectively on a flying horse and an open-air land vehicle. And uh, they're like, whatever, I guess we're not going to catch that ship. They don't know that Orko's in it at this point, so they just give it up. So did anybody else start to feel like, besides the really sparkly intro when it said Christmas, that this also did not feel anything very much like <laughs> yeah. a Christmas special at this point. Well, they at least sure. mentioned Christmas, which is a one-up on true. our episode <laughs> last prior week to at this. this point. But <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you guys, I owned, I he manned up to it when I met, <laughs> I fucked up the Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah. you did man up and uh, <laughs> admit to. I was a real part. man at arms about it. <laughs> We're being uh, so Orko crash lands. I think we're all right about Orko crash lands on a planet, saves some kids from an avalanche. The kids who are totally nonplussed by the sudden appearance of a floating legless dipshit with a shadowy void for a face <laughs> are like, we were out here cutting down a Christmas tree, strange being. Yeah, who are like, you? No parents in sight. Like what? <laughs> oh, we're going to have some words about these parents. <laughs> yeah, Spoiler are. alert. I, we're going to have some me. words about these parents. <laughs> Like, like are they yes, orphaned? This... For a long time, I thought they're like orphaned kids, like living out of a cave or something. And then... oh. yeah, there nope. may be. If we're being generous, they're maybe like ten and eight years old, mm-hmm. and they could very well be younger than that. And they are, yes, just traipsing through like a mountainy, snowy landscape. 
looking for a Christmas tree, and they discover Orko. They apparently don't have jackets either, right? Like, no. Well, not, they didn't like, know they were going to go on a ones. fucking interplanetary quest. I don't know. So I think if you're going out to chop down a tree, maybe a jacket's in order. I guess no that's matter. true. I always put a jacket on before I go chop down a tree. <laughs> Get my my tree chopping jacket. I feel like this isn't like a quick excursion to like your car or something, you know? I think the parents left these children on purpose. (laughs) It was like a Hansel and Gretel kind of situation. Just like, Uh, we can't afford these kids. Let's just send them off into the woods for a Christmas tree and hope they never come back. Go pick out a tree, sweetie. Finally, how far the dad outkicked his coverage. I feel like there's a lot of weird dynamics in this family. (laughs) Can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my wait. god, the dad solo kicked his coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So back in Eternia, the masters of the universe figure out that Orko is on board the satellite. This is where I was reminded very much of how aimed at kids this all was, because it's we it, there's like 30 second scenes and then they cut back yeah. to another thing where it's like, you know, kids attention span, we gotta go fast through all this stuff. Uh, so then the kids are filling Orko in on Christmas, and they... Yeah, for, like, a long old... time. Yeah, they're Christmas-shaming well, yeah, we... him, though. They're like, you don't know what Christmas is, you motherfucker? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you don't know <laughs> what Christmas you. is. And I'm like, oh. So then they give him the old bait-and-switch about how they're like, Christmas is great, you get presents. And Orko's like, presents? They're like, well, yeah, but it's also about, like, peace and goodwill and Jesus and shit. Mm-hmm. Feelings. Well, it's, well, well they never part. say Jesus. Let's give that That's thing. true. That's- that's, that's true. That's part. As soon as they're about to start Bible thumping, <laughs> the show itself gets sick of them and just like cuts the audio. Yeah, so it's like so it's space. it's really about peace and goodwill, yeah. and then like fade out. <laughs> well, it's about a long, yeah. long time ago, and then it just cuts out after them. Well, it's interesting because yeah. then they cut back, and then it's like came back from Bethlehem. Yeah, and then the three like, wise men followed the start of Bethlehem. Is what they say. And like, that's it. and that's the story of Christmas. Well, I and I, then the angels raped the the hot dudes. I'm whatever. I'm cool with them doing. I don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> it's a Bible tale. I didn't hear it's that in the part. Bible. All right, I believe you. A lot of Bibles, anyway. And then, uh, wow, lost lost a train of thought for some reason. Uh, <laughs> No, I thought it was kind of tasteful how they did that. It's like, I guess these kids are... I don't know. I mean, my I think yeah. my, my note is uh, kids inoculate Orth- Orko with religion. Yeah. But um, doing it off <laughs> camera was kind of fair. It's like some people, that's their thing, and that's why they celebrate. People who actually celebrate Christmas for a real reason, that's like why they celebrate it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, oh, just a yeah. sticky... If you're going to, you can do a Christmas special without it being expressly religious because Christmas mm-hmm. has evolved at as a holiday that way but then when your christmas special involves somebody who doesn't know what christmas is and then they Mm -hmm. have to explain it it just gets a little weird when they're like and then and then it's like a censor bar why they actually explain the history of the holiday i thought it was cool though to allude to it but it's like nobody felt excluded and nobody felt uh preached to i think yeah like if you didn't know what christmas was you're an idiot yeah Bottom line is they wanted to make sure that the Jewish people knew they could buy Masters of the Universe figures. <laughs> totally. <laughs> is really, there a He-Man man who's Jewish? Uh, I mean, not explicitly. I'm trying to think if there's any that <laughs> yeah, fit that stereotype. Yeah, if you stereotype. had to pick one. <laughs> you don't have to pick one. Yeah. So uh, back on Eternia, the Masters figure out that Orko is on Earth. And there's yeah. some techno mumbo jumbo about how they could use one of Man-at-Arms machines, but it's powered by this MacGuffin. And they have to go to She-Ra's planet what? of Ethereum to get the MacGuffin. I, 
they're like, oh, Arco's missing. We got to save him. And my first instinct, it's like, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Is this a valuable use of your time trying to save Arco? But at the same time, to bad rubbish. (laughs) Yeah, there's a line here from from Tila, who with She-Ra around really kind of gets pushed Mm -hmm. to the side as He-Man's token tough girl, Mm -hmm. uh, where she's like, they're like, Arco's on Earth. And I don't know if we'll be able to get him back. And she's like, we'll never get Orko back. And it sounded more hopeful than <laughs> sad. I remember having a, a really heated debate with a friend in like seventh grade about whether it was Tila or She-Ra. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't, you didn't have the internet then. Like I didn't <laughs> know that there were two right. different characters. Because they're basically identical. Yeah, for the most part. I could give them the benefit of the doubt, though, and say they were just trying to save Earth from Orko, and they're like, it's just like <laughs> good like, ethics this is our for us to, take. to bear. Yeah. <laughs> it is the holiday season, yeah. after all. Uh, so they're back on Earth. The kids finish up telling Orko off camera about Jesus, and then they say, let's tell about the fun part, yeah. Santa. Yeah. I sort of loved the jive. Like, now that we're done with all the boring religious stuff, we'll tell you about the part where you get presents. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Eternia and uh, Adora, which is She-Ra's civilian identity, bids goodbye to her brother. And we get a uh, She-Ra transformation scene so that they can pad out the runtime with some previously created animation. Mm -hmm. It's the most exciting transformation scene ever. She has rainbow sparkles. Yeah, Shiro really does come along and like one up He Man in a, in pretty much every significant way. Seriously, it's not even just my feminism or my misandry. It's just that Shira's better. I'm sorry, He Man. Work on it. I'm not yeah. really gonna debate that. I I feel like they're about the same, but <laughs> I don't care if you want to say Shira's better collectively. I I'm not gonna fight that. Rainbow sparkles. <laughs> the thing I noticed about Shiro is how short that skirt is she's wearing. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. She's getting on and off yeah. a horse, and I'm like, how is she not <laughs> flashing vag left and right? In <laughs> she is, David, and that's part of it. It's rainbow sparkly. And it, uh, you think her vag is rainbow sparkly? Uh-huh. For sure. She's a goddess. She rainbow sparkles people and then they get all confused and like run into each other or like get the force belts out or the floating belt. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm willing to accept this as part of the, uh, the She-Ra canon. <laughs> but the problem is it's covered in horse hair. <laughs> uh, so then we're back on Earth and Orko is still trying to wrap his head around Christmas and figure out how to get gifts because he's a fucking idiot. And then we cut back to Etheria, which is She-Ra's home planet, mm-hmm. where she cuts a deal with a mermaid to get the MacGuffin that they need. Yeah. yeah. And one little touch that I liked was that now, it's like He-Man, in another way to save save money via reused animation, whenever they'd like transition from one scene to another, they'd throw like a backdrop of Castle Grayskull and then do a little like sword spinning thing with position. And so then She-Ra had her own version of that. Mm -hmm. And at this point in the episode, they switch over and use the She-Ra transition Mm. instead of the He-Man one. Because now they're on Etheria. Love that She-Ra transition. (laughs) And I loved how the mermaid, I guess it was partly to keep all the same body molds because she definitely has an ass under that tail. (laughs) Show the butt line and the back of the leg line. And I'm like, that's interesting anatomy. Yeah, they just totally, like, 
they're tipping over their like standard form and then making it into a mermaid. Yeah. I like too these like there's always like these little moments of reflection or something at the end. Like what's the mermaid's name? It's like Mamistra or something. Mermaid. Mm. Yeah. And like Mamistra. She, she gets the thing from her and then she's just like we could never have found it without Mamistra. It's just like, why did you say that? Like, there's like a bunch of that in this. I like that. Yeah, now that's, you need that's the, the toy. again. That's the aimed at the young kids where they try to like they have the moral at the end of every episode where like mm. He-Man or Oracle look directly at the camera and they're like, "Kids, here's what we learned today." But then even throughout each episode, they sprinkle in all of these little like lessons about teamwork and friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah like don't climb inside like... the dryer. When you need help, mermaids are available. Is that like yeah. supposed to be learning? Yeah, when you need help finding a thing to power your your interdimensional travel machine, check out your nearby pond or body of water. There might be a mermaid. Always remember to trade with a mermaid. <laughs> Mer trade. So then uh, Shira goes to fight a sea monster, which is a distraction to enable the mermaid to get the MacGuffin. Mm. And she gets the MacGuffin, but then turns around and there's a bunch of giant robots blocking her way. Yeah, these, these kind of came Christmas out of nowhere. Robots? Right? Yeah, they totally came out of nowhere. Are they Christmas robots? Was that a Christmas sea monster? I think it was a Christmas sea monster. Yeah. I, I think there's more to the robots than that, though. Well, so then the, the robots are the monstroids, right? They are the monstroids. And then they transform. So this is clearly like another toy. Yeah. Well, except I don't think these ever got made into I don't think toys. so either. No, but no. it's clearly... No, they did? Yeah, look up on YouTube, monstroid He-Man toy. There was at least one monstroid. Oh. Wow. I was looking up because like, I feel like these and the Mancheens were clearly supposed to be a new toy line. Maybe even a new mm-hmm. like cartoon, but it, Series, it never yeah. went anywhere. Yeah, yeah, we're like the Mancheens are fighting the Monstroids yeah. and all of that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Monstroids. I felt like, so in this next scene, we see She-Ra and Swiftwind. They get captured by these robots and then they have to fight their way free and all that. This? This was the damnedest thing. Where she says, they're changing into other forms. What evil robots? And I'm like, was that a dig on the Transformers? Like, how unnatural those Transformers who are stealing our market share. (laughs) Uh, It was the craziest thing to me how that battle went down. Because that robot shot a laser. It hit the horse's ass. And then it turned into a bubble. <laughs> and then they the bubble went into the ground and turned into a dome, a prison dome. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, that's where I was like, I'm supposed to like think these robots are super evil, but they're using like non-lethal weapons, which seems yeah. kind of like, you know, humane. I don't know. The stakes are low in He-Man. There's no <laughs> <any real> danger. <laughs> but I, also, I want that bubble laser. That's dope. I also love how in the course of this scene, like, she lands, climbs off of the horse, takes like three steps and then goes back and climbs back on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, again, like that repeated animation, killing time and stretching it out. So good. Was that after she chopped up the bubble with her sword? Thank God she has the universe sword mm-hmm. to chop up bubbles. So yeah. this guy, this weird like cloud entity that's yelling at Skeletor <laughs> and Hordak. Well, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, Ryan. Sorry, I might be trying to rush it along a little bit. All right. <laughs> For an hour. So man, so man at Arms fires up his machine, mm-hmm. uh, and then Orko, the satellite, the two kids, and the Christmas tree end up back on Eternia. Oh, okay. And we yeah. learn that the kids' names are Alicia and Miguel. Sure. Which seems... 
a little odd in terms of a little oddly they're not they're a diverse family is what you're trying to say yes yeah i feel like the dad got a name one and the mom yeah. got a name one. <laughs> exactly uh so then we but find see, a... but they're all very chill about orko just fucking shit up because i'm like yeah. i feel like he committed multiple eternia crimes well, it's yeah. not a crime on Eternia. It's just a crime on Earth. <laughs> if this really happened, if this really happened, um, <laughs> this really happened. these kids would be just crying the whole time. <laughs> like, if you're eight years old and this weird ghost creature transported you to another dimension and got yelled at by a skeleton <laughs> who was like making you trudge through the snow, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> the whole time. You'd be so upset. Yeah, these the kids, kids are just do a pretty good job. Yeah, honestly. they're super chill, too. Yeah, very low stakes. I guess we could just put it that way. Everyone's well, they like, don't know that. This is all new to them. <laughs> uh, so yes, we cut to a asteroid floating in space, where a shadowy figure who is Horde Prime detects the presence of new goodness in Eternia. So, what is this thing? He's this... Hordak's boss, and he's also Skeletor's boss. Yeah, because Skeletor, once upon a time, Skeletor was Hordak's apprentice. What? And then, and he betrayed him and then got sent to Eternia. And so this guy, though, is like the main evil, he's like the emperor. Yeah, more or less. Then do we ever see him? Does he have like a body? I don't know for sure. From my brief lookups and the cartoon, you never see him in the comics. You, he has like an insectoid body, mm. insect body kind of thing. Yeah, I think in the in the animated series, he's always this weird, like disembodied. Cloud. But it seems like Skeletor doesn't really answer to him. But then, like, there was like the promise of prizes for bringing these kids in. So he's like, right. "It's evil. I'll do it for you." I thought he was their boss. Like he's like, "All right, fuckers, get yeah. to work." You know, yeah, like, get less, to work. I need twice as much is... evil this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much Hordak's boss. Okay, and Skeletor, yeah. but Skeletor goes to the meeting when he's like, "Hey guys, we're having a meeting." Yeah. Again, Skeletor's just like, "Let's do some evil shit." Yeah. This is an avenue to do some evil shit. I thought his name was Horror Prime. <laughs> I thought that that was like Amazon Prime, but for whores. Mm. And then I was pretty sure that this is the whole horror universe. <laughs> the Horniverse. The Horniverse. <laughs> Uh, so back in Eternia, the damn wiener kids are worried about not getting back to Earth in time for Christmas. <laughs> well, that's not a so, wiener kid thing. Wouldn't you be worried about getting back to Earth? Yeah, if you're I know. You're right. No. I, well, I love, that they're like, I love that they're not where you're like, yeah. we'll never see our parents again. Where are we going to live? Mm-hmm. How are we going to? I, I don't, I don't want to miss Christmas. Yeah. Well, it seems like they're confident they can get them home. It's just like, oh, it might take a couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the parents Does are anyone else feel like? Yeah, like these are. Did anyone else feel like these are like another ugly children thing we're watching for Christmas? <laughs> or were you okay with them? The boy was okay. Sometimes the girl didn't like it. <laughs> I feel she like wasn't I... hot enough for you. She just she was weird. <laughs> yeah, not hot. She should have had like a really rocking bodacious body. <laughs> I think no. Carolyn is just like mad Chira. that kids are invading this like bohemian uh, <laughs> lifestyle of E-Man walking yeah. around in underwear ruin. and She-Ra with like she's gonna ruin Loot like Man's good yeah, time exactly. David <laughs> these kids are cramping all the adult style Queen Marlena pulls the dick move of combining Adam and Adora's birthday into Seriously. a big dual Christmas celebration to oh, make yeah. up for the kids missing <laughs> their Christmas 
And she assures them that Santa will be able to find them on Eternia. Yeah, like, this was a weird thing. Speaking of sexualizing this show, because the mom (laughs) also has the same body as the younger women. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also, even, like, she's wearing, like, a dress, but her tit is, like, (laughs) fully drawn, like, even underneath the tit. And you're like, you wouldn't see that if she's wearing a dress. It was like, she looked like she was drawn like she was naked. (laughs) But didn't they just have, like, the dress painted over? Yeah, but it's He-Man's mom. Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) So people might want to bang He-Man's mom. I mean, not that I wouldn't want to bang He-Man's mom, but it just seems like they were going out of their way on a children's (laughs) cartoon to make He-Man's mom, like, super hot. It just seems odd to me. I think he had to explain the genes that could create the hunk that is He-Man and the babe that that is She-Ride. She's an astronaut. (laughs) Yeah. Is their dad hot, too? Yeah. Well, he's King Randor. He's the guy with the beard and the crown that's hanging out. Oh, he was in this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's pretty bland. Yeah. Although he probably, uh, so that, although if there's a toy of him, Blandor. I bet the body's the same as He Man. Like <laughs> there is a toy of him, and it is. <laughs> it has a it has a circle like an indent cut into his head, so that you can slide a crown on and off. Very nice. So then Skeletor and Hordak take their meeting uh, to do <laughs> evil things, and they're told by Horde Prime to destroy the Christmas spirit, mm. and Skeletor throws some shade at Hordak where he's like, you can't even defeat a girl. What are you gonna do? He calls her a muscle-bound woman, which is where he sounds like the critics of the new She-Ra, exactly. where people don't like how she's not a sex pot anymore. And for the record, I am for non-sex pots. It's just if you put me in a horror universe, I'm gonna but start saying horrors everywhere. I, well, it's like beside the point, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't even know if the new She-Ra is that unattractive either. She's still seeing... Right? Like, I was confused. She's, she's, both. she's just... She's not as sexualized, yeah. which you have to, like, you know, put on a different brain-molded crown <laughs> to look at people without the horny lens. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but this part, this scene did make me feel with Skeletor's insult that he was just being a total insult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would make in sense. Skeletor. In Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> so back the muscle-bound the castle. skeleton can't handle the muscle-bound woman, apparently. Right? Come on, he can handle her. <laughs> not unlike He can't name. handle her. <laughs> Back at the castle, Shira's erotic friend Bo is entertaining the Wiener kids, who <laughs> rightly miss their parents and being around sane people whose names aren't also what they do. And uh, they sing a Christmas song that Bo just oh, wrote, wait. but they all somehow know the words to it. This part's amazing. Yeah, make up a new Christmas song. Why isn't this your favorite Christmas carol now, uh, Austin? <laughs> I feel like maybe it it should be. Can we sing it now? Oh, I want to call back to when the orphans were singing with Orko, and they were just like, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. They yeah. just repeated it. And they didn't even know the lyrics. And then later, they're able to bust out this whole really good new carol that I'd like to hear Austin sing right yeah. now. And they weren't moving, like, at all, either, when they were singing jingle bells, jingle which bells. is weird. They are like, perfectly still. So, you guys, then the best part of this whole fucking thing <gasps> is when Hordak shows up in his penis helicopter and <laughs> captures the kids. Oh, thank God you guys saw that, too. It looks just no, like a vibrator. I want to be 100% clear to our <laughs> listeners here. I'm sure regular listeners are well aware of the facts that we have a penchant for finding sexual things where maybe they aren't Guilty. intended. Maybe not where they're supposed to be. Like, we squint, we twist it. <laughs> this is 100% a penis with a helicopter rotor on the top of it. I don't remember. My note was, there's the dick. 
<laughs> he looks, it's like he's flying a dildo yeah. <laughs> in the sky. I mean. And then it gets grabbed by a giant robot hand. And then I thought like, yeah, I didn't know, like a laser. Would oh, I tip. see it. I was like yeah. worried that I was going to have to tell everybody like, this is for sure a dick. <laughs> and this is what a fire bear looks like. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, no, maybe. this dick copter like slaps you in the face. With <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, well, <laughs> it's like, um. I guess I've just become desensitized to this stuff. It's just like, whatever. Or I was like, someone else will get that. But um, it even like True. is like shaped to hit your G-spot. Yeah, it's, like a, like a it's like a good dildo. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, a great like, it's got like dildo. curve. It's yeah. like the up tilt. It's yeah, like more so. design went into that dildo than any He-Man <laughs> character. A... Well, they were trying to sell toys, yeah, Ryan, they made... and they were trying to sell toys to mother Yeah, yeah well. they, made, they made it, and then, like, the toys never got to the kids for some reason, you know? <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, where's my horde helicopter? <laughs> it's gone, oh, baby. Oh, I guess uh, Santa must have brought that for you this year. <laughs> but I saw it under the tree. No, you didn't. <laughs> Santa took it back. Uh, so, yeah, and Horde captures the kids, and also I think he's going to regret also capturing Orko at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that was a dumb move. Uh, the Masters of the Universe decide to use Pika Blue, the peacock lady, to find the missing kids, which yeah, they do. Weird. I believe that's yeah. her name. Uh, then the penis copter shows up on Etheria, yeah. and the Transformers attack it. Yeah. And they want yeah. to get the credit for Hordak kidnapping the kids, who I guess have not, like, they were told to destroy the spirit of Christmas in Eternia, and it's just basically turned into capture those kids and bring them to me. Yeah, yeah what are they even going to do with them? So wait, when did the I monstroids like gonna get in on this, though? Like, how did they know about this, like, kill the spirit? The monstroids are just, That's like, chaos. <laughs> they have no agenda. They're just bothering anyone who comes near them. They're just, they're not good or evil. Yes. How did they get in on this, David? That's the question that uh, the Masters of the Universe people would like to know about the Transformers as well. <laughs> oh, it's like an infringement on everything. Yeah, yeah. They had a cushy thing going with their toy line, and then the Transformers had to show up and Fucking take their market share away. This was before the Transformers? Uh, no, this is right around the same time yeah. as the Transformers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then Peacock Lady tracks down the kids, and uh, the kids get some help from these little robot kind of things mm. called the Manchines. The Manchines, and they're super weirdly designed. Yeah, they. I yeah. looked at them, and they just seemed like they were in so much pain. Like they were like, "I should not be." They yeah. almost look like Mega Man like <laughs> characters. Huh. Well, the main but, like, one, mangled. The main one looks like a shrimp or like a lobster. Yeah. He's like pink and these really specific shapes that are like a crustacean's shell. What his name? And his name is Cutter, mm-hmm. and so he has like scissor hands where he cuts oh, the bars to let the kids out. That made him more lobster-like. Yeah. And then they have these like weird, like shitty Disney faces, though. And it's uh-huh. just weird. They're like basically yeah, they, little robots with like cartoon yeah. faces. They look like something ported in from another cartoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're, they're, and, and they they specifically call out names and add specific character designs for each one. And you're like, they had to have plans for these. Oh yeah, man, jeans that just were never realized for some reason. I don't know. Right. Not right. like well planned plans though. <laughs> no. Like, uh, this one fucks around with the clamps. Uh. Yeah. Not good plans, just plans. <laughs> yeah. <It's> plans. <laughs> uh so then uh they get they climb on the back of a man sheen named Zipper. Mm. 
He's got wheels. Uh, David, was he more or less annoying than Wheelie? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to know how you could be more annoying than Wheelie, because I've not found that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So they zip away on Zipper, but then they get captured by the Transformers. Mm-hmm. And then He-Man and She-Ra show up and fuck up the Transformers. Yeah, up and good. some more Mansheens come along and they help yeah. fight the Transformers. Well, well, the Transformers are like surrounded She-Ra and He-Man and they're like, I think we're outnumbered here. So then the Mansheens come in and help them out. But then like it takes like one blast of like He-Man's sword to fuck up the Transformers. And I'm like... You didn't need the Mancheens. Just start blasting them with your sword. Like, what was what was taking you so long to start fucking shit up, He-Man? Mm. She-Ra? Gotta get, gotta get the new toys yeah, in there. Uh, was this the part where one of the robot monsters had, like, nipple clamps come out really big and they'd pince you? Most yes. likely, yeah. That, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also totally forgot how She-Ra could turn her sword into things. Yeah, into a, oh, she, what? a lasso is what she, she did, right? Yeah, she's like, form of lasso, and it turns into a coil of rope. What? How, <laughs> where was I when that happened? I don't know where I was either. Uh, she could have just got him with the sword, too, as Adam yeah, demonstrated. Was, she wanted to yeah. trip the robot. And then, like, sure. then He-Man says, uh, what works for my sister works for me. But then he just, like, picks up the robot and chucks him. And I'm like, well, that was a completely different thing than what She-Ra did. No, he means, like, she's fucking up robots, I'm fucking up robots. (laughs) I think he also meant, like, the kind of panties that he likes to wear. (laughs) Just a hunch. Look at those fur underwear. This is also the scene where I was reminded about how every time He-Man and She-Ra are together, they constantly refer to each other as siblings. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they're constantly reminding the eye, like, haha, good move, sister. Thank you, brother. It's like, if anyone overheard, they should figure out who the, the, what their secret identity is, right? Right. But maybe it's so we don't, like, ship them. So we're not, like, waiting for them to fuck each other yeah. constantly. Oh, they need to remind me, like, no, no, let them have their space. And then I was wondering if these uh, Transformers that they all just fucked up and destroyed were, like, sentient. Like, did they mm. just commit genocide on those robots? Maybe. No, also, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we wiped out a species. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, we also discover there's a Mancheen puppy who's, like, oh. just a puppy. Yeah. yeah. With, like, a little robot hood or something. In it. Yeah. He's much less terrible than all those other awful Mancheens. <laughs> he's just a puppy with little Jetson boots and a hat. Yeah, he's and his, great. And his name is Relay. <laughs> So as He-Man and She-Ra are fighting the Transformers, Skeletor swoops in and grabs the kids and the puppy mm-hmm. and flies off. But then Hordak intervenes and the two villains fight uh, each other. Think how, think what because they kids, could accomplish if they got along. You know? I know. Teamwork <laughs> is important. So then they both end up crashing. And then this is where things get a little dark for a brief moment. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So they Skeletor and the kids and the puppy crash land in some snowy vista, not unlike where the kids are trying to chop down their tree, but apparently it's significantly colder yeah, at this point. Apparently. And I, these yeah. kids are more or less freezing to death. The girl like <laughs> collapses in the snow because she can't go any forward. And like, Skeletor pretty is immediately. like, yeah, and he's it's like really trying cool. to lead them on this death march. 
to keep the, and the kid's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Skeletor, sir. I just am too cold. I can't go any further. So what does Skeletor do? He uses his staff to shoot a laser that well, gives well, the kids coats. He's just like, get the fuck up, kids. Let's get this moving. And they're like, but well, I can't. So, okay. Mr. Redoyan. I remember this about this special. It's yeah. just so good. This whole thing that's about to happen to Skeletor is like one of the funniest things I have ever seen. And part of what's good about it is the pacing. It's like they really sell you. It's like Skeletor's a fucking prick. And it's like you don't usually get to see him in like a normal situation. You know, he's usually like, Beast Man, get over here or whatever, you know? But it's like in this case, it's like two kids, human kids. So you're like, oh, okay, I can sort of relate to this. And then you're like, oh, it would fucking suck to be stuck in the snow with Skeletor. They're like, we're so cold. And he's like, I don't care. Keep marching, you know? And his voice is so funny. The kids have like, like they have no, Skeletor has no leverage over these kids because they're, I mean, they don't say this, but they're basically like, what are you going to do? Kill us? We're dying right now. We're freezing to death. Yeah. But just that, uh, like, the way that he comes around and just his person, it just really makes you think about who Skeletor is. It's so amazing. <laughs> right? So he laser blasts them into coats. Oh, his heart and then he's like, three sizes. Yep, I, know, I wrote that like down, too. The, well, you're doing the Grinch, but in five minutes of a regular <laughs> He-Man that's 40 minutes long. It's paced really well, because he's like, all right, you guys can have coats. I'll shoot you with my coat laser. And then they're like, <laughs> well, what about, is a thing what about has, our... Apparently. Yeah, and then they're magic. Like, it's magic. But what about our dog? And he's like, fuck the dog. I know. And then they're oh like, come God. on. And it's really drawn out, too. Or they're like, for real, for real, we can't take the dog. And he's like, no. And then they're like, all right, we're going to start walking now. Oh, yeah, then the kids abandon the dog. The kids are forced to leave the dog. And the dog's recourse is just to, like, make its eyes ever wider. Yeah. Until Skeletor's like, all right, fine, I'll bring the dog. But then he drinks it. And then he's carrying it. It's licking his face and he likes it. And then he's like one of those buff dudes with a little tiny pussy dog that you see. (laughs) That's how it happens. It's so funny. Like, do you think they knew how funny it was? Yes. I I was so upset, though. One of my favorite parts is he's walking with the kids and he's like, what is this Christmas? And they're like, it's a time when people come together to bring joy. Like, get into fights? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> well, it makes you realize, too, how, like, juvenile Skeletor is. Like, no, then we exchange presents. Do the presents explode? And like, Skeletor, just be, like, a real guy for a minute, you know? Just slow yeah, no, your no. roll. The full lie, David, and I love this. This is my favorite part of the whole episode where he's just like, we, it's Christmas. You get together and you have fun. He's like, oh, so you get in fights? And they're like, no, not fights. You do fun things. Fights are fun. <laughs> yeah. I like fights. It's so good. <laughs> and before that, they're like, oh, that was really nice of you, Skeletor, to take the dog. And the dog's like licking his face. And he's like, I am not nice. <laughs> and, then they're nice. Like, and then they're like, can we hold the pup? He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of shaky about it. Like, you can tell. He's like, no, uh, it would be better if I carried her. It's like licking his face like he likes it secretly. Well, well I like the idea that Skeletor's like, I like getting into fights. Like, that changes his whole motivation for the series. That yeah. right. just like right. a good time for him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just likes getting drunk and getting into shit. Yeah. Like, you could tell what family member he would be at Christmas. He would, like, 
stab your mom with a beer bottle, but have a really good time. Mm. Yeah. And this whole this whole time, He Man thinks that he's like protecting Eternia from this like vast <laughs> evil, yeah. and all he's really doing is just like making Skeletor's day because they get to fight all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I like to fight, He Man. <laughs> he's just wrestling with muscle hunks. Uh, and to prove how much he's sticking up for these kids, he even saves them from a snow monster. He fucks that snow monster up. <laughs> yeah, he up. just blasts it with his like jacket giving laser and it knocks him right out yeah, and then there, what if he just blasted him and it had a jacket and he's like mm. right <laughs> he's like, oh i'm gonna have just, to fight now he could hide behind the idea that he needs to bring them to horde prime yeah yeah, yeah. Right, he had like a right. he had a cover-up for yeah. what he was doing but so he had a jacket of his own there's two incredible bits of animation that happen <laughs> in a row here so after he saves them from the snow beast he smiles, which is so amazing looking. Like, if I had to get a tattoo, it would be Skeletor smiling, which is why I'll never get a tattoo. And then he's like, come on. And he gets self-conscious. Huh? He gets self-conscious, then the smile erodes. That's like, true. So, and, then, uh, and then he's like walking away with them. And this is another case of like the animation being cheap and it looking amazing because he sort of like struts. And it's like in slow motion, just because they want the shot to be longer. And it looks, it's like this swagger. It's so good. And then everybody converges on Skeletor's position. He Man and Shira track him down, and then Hordak shows up, and Hordak knocks out Skeletor, and then the kids end up getting picked up by Hordak Prime ship. I guess he got sick of farming this out and decided mm-hmm. to. Show up and do it himself. And so, it also has like a literal claw machine. Claw. Yeah. That's yeah. how you get the kids. Yeah, it's like. It would be awesome if it was trying dollars. to get the kids and it kept like fucking up. Yeah. It was like. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Prime has been wasting on this thing. And then it like. Well, that's why he sent Hordak and Skeletor. Yeah. He's like, I can't get them with the claw. But now I get <laughs> them. like does it close all the way on them. As yeah. As yeah. As well. And then it like grabs one of the kids and pulls them up a little bit and then he falls yeah, through. Exactly. Like, ah. yeah. <laughs> So as He-Man and She-Ra are battling Hordak's horde, the puppy licks Skeletor in the face <laughs> until he wakes up, repaying him for saving him earlier. Yeah. And then Skeletor turns around and blasts Hordak Prime's ship yeah, to rescue up, the man. kids. Oh, yeah, he's like, I think Horde Prime is going to be angry with me. I'm like, yeah, you just fucking blasted his ship to pieces. And then the next shot is a target on Skeletor from inside Horde Prime. They're like, oh, fuck this guy. Exactly. He's, uh, yeah, so Skeletor saves the day, and uh, He-Man and She-Ra actually step in and intervene to save Skeletor from the wrath of Horde Prime. Mm Mm-hmm. And then one of the kids is like, says something about like, doesn't it feel good to do good? And Skeletor's like, I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so good. That's such a great line. And the way he delivers it, like the voice of Skeletor and the way his face looks when he says it, it's fucking amazing. Is this one of the only times they use Skeletor to uh, come to the good side for a minute? Because it's really so. fun. Yeah, as far as I know, they basically, basically when he says, uh, you know, I like to feel evil, they're like, well, there's always next Christmas. Yeah, they're like, don't <laughs> worry, Skeletor, we'll be beating you up again next week. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. My so question this did, was like, like, institute, like, a change in the, like, character of Skeletor from so. on, and... I feel like Adam likes to fight just as much yeah, as Skeletor. maybe, yeah. Like Skeletor's just more honest, he's more true to himself. 
Yeah. About it. Skeletor was right But, uh, yeah, I did ask the question, like, so they just let Skeletor go? <laughs> they're like, bye, Space Hitler. Hope you don't like <laughs> Well, he had done a good deed. I noticed he wasn't at their holiday party. I thought he was going to be hanging out yeah. with them. Like, okay, Skeletor, you should come over for Christmas because everything's cool and it's Christmas. But they didn't go that yeah. far. Yeah, well, it. that's because I think they're very exclusive because the Mancheens didn't get invited to this holiday party. Well, that's yet. why Skeletor's so mad because they're like dicks. They're like, hey, we're not freaks. You and your bunch of freaks just go live in the Skull yeah, exactly. Castle. And this is, yeah, this is like a beautiful people party. Yeah, go live where it's stormy all the time. There's a big snake. David, would you invite the Mancheens to your holiday party? No, they, they saved the terrible. kids and like saved He-Man. They'd and leave stuff. gears and motor oil all over your carpet. Mm-hmm. I would invite the one that looked like a big lobster, and I would boil <laughs> him and eat him. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, get into this hot tub with me. Yeah, come on, it'll be great. You get in first. <laughs> you first. So, back of the palace, it's Christmas slash birthday party time. And uh, Prince Adam is dressed up like Santa and he gives the kids some flying belts and then uh, they send them home to their parents. Yeah, and the Those parents have very cool. little questions about what they look like. So they arrive home. Oh, and oh, like, oh, 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 can we talk about that there's flying belts and that when the kids are going away, they're like, here, take this fucking dog or something. Yeah. And for me, I was really upset when Skeletor was going to leave the dog to die mm-hmm. uh, more than when he was going to leave the orphans. By, no, like, but they asked. They're etiquette confused. And they're like, hey, will you make sure that the dog gets back to the Mancheens? And she's like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, <laughs> Don't give the check. dog to the Mancheens. Give it to Skeletor. He'll oh, because it loves to lick his lava. face. Yeah, I think yeah, Skeletor <laughs> would be a bad dog owner. You know? <laughs> what if he's the rest of the series holding this little dog and still yelling at He-Man. I think Skeletor too. like, you would go to his house and his, like, lawn would have a bunch of dog shit all over it. He would just be, like, not engaged with the dog, not handling business, you know? He would train the dog to poop right in the lava. I don't think he would. I think... <laughs> I don't think he has the patience to be a responsible yeah, to dog feed him. You know, he's off fighting, so then he, the dog's not getting fed. It'd be Beastman's job to take care of the dog all the time. And you know Beastman's not going to do a good job. (laughs) Not shit. Okay, fine. Give it back to the robot. Beastman's going to be like, I already have to know how to pilot a ship and (laughs) make a shrinking ray on command. I got to feed a dog every day. So the kids get home and their parents Ah! are like, we're so glad you're home. And I'm like... So, have you just been sitting in your house hoping they'll show yeah, up this they'll, whole they'll time? teleport into the house at some point. But, like, they'll come back from their unsupervised walk through the mountains? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, what I want to say, like, so everything is so generic looking in all of He-Man. <laughs> and then the dad is, like, incredible design. <laughs> and is he an Italian stereotype or a Mexican stereotype? I felt like who he looked the most like was Captain Lou Albano <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the Mario yeah, live totally action. totally looked like Captain Lou Albano. He, just, just, I want a toy of a He-Man so, toy of him and have him like somehow be ripped, but then this giant like ripped belly that he had. <laughs> Negligent father yeah, exactly. action figure. He was so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if Captain Lou Albana is Spanish or Italian. I think he's a mix. Nobody knows. Yeah, but I was just like, it really looks like someone was really inspired when they designed that dad. Like, <laughs> well, that that is mom, not she's a... She's like wearing like a dress, like a suit skirt kind of thing. I don't know the proper term for it, but like... <laughs> She had a very smart blazer on for the 80s with kind of the shoulder pad thing going on. I feel like these 
parents must have been left over from like some other animation yeah. you know like there was like a more adult animation they had like a dinner party with extras and they were one of them or something yeah, exactly so guys yeah their parents aren't concerned enough that their children disappeared really. yeah, yeah so they're like no, we're like, so glad you're home these kids have been gone at least for days yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like not at all curious about where they're like you could tell us what you're up to tomorrow right now it's bedtime <laughs> like your kids just got home they've been gone for days possibly a week or more and you're just like well time for bed and not kids. only did they yeah. arrive they just kind of like appeared into th- in the living room like yeah. i'm pretty sure the parents saw them teleport in and not even question it also when they get home they're not celebrating christmas with their parents which was the whole priority mm-hmm. of this whole thing well that's tomorrow yeah right? Oh, is it? They got back before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. The parents are just like, we'll unpack your trauma later. Or maybe not. Go to bed. <laughs> later. Or never. Mm-hmm. Something amazing and magical happens. Uh, it's not a force belt like earlier, which maybe the dad would be into. No, Austin, it's a floating belt, which He-Man was just giving out like it's Pop Rocks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gave him a pair of flying belts. So they're like, Mom, Dad to an alien world and we got flying belts and they're like shut up get to bed you've been home for 30 seconds we're sick of you already (laughs) i don't know (laughs) and so then they turn to leave and then the kids activate their flying belts and float past them to go to their and the parents are shocked it just feels like the writers knew that they had to like drop the kids back on earth but then just gave zero attention to crafting any kind of realistic reaction from the parents i feel like they could have shit out a little like explanation on like time travel like either time travels differently or this portal was going to send them back to when they left or something and just avoid that or just like or just have them like show up in the like burst of light in the living room and then just be like oh we made it home and leave it at that yeah (laughs) nope you guys clearly i was right and the parents intentionally abandoned the children in a field that they said was a christmas tree farm and they're like oh you made it home we're gonna have to drive farther (laughs) that almost makes more sense carol because it's they're basically like we're so glad you're home all right well go to bed like we don't want to talk to you or hear what you're up to or spend any time with you even though you've been gone just get the fuck out of here Right. I hope those floating belts help the orphans with their lives on the street from here on out. Well, this is the 80s, so TV could just be the parent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very familiar and nostalgic to me, David. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get our our patented Masters of the Universe coda, where Prince Adam sits down in front of the audience and explains how, even though not everyone celebrates Christmas, the spirit of Christmas is felt by everyone. And then he reminds us that it's about more than presents, even though Orko just wants presents. Yeah, rightly so. <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was a a uh, a nice secular Christmas message at the end there that ensured that people from all walks of life and beliefs would still be able to buy Masters of the Universe action figures. I felt respected, yeah. 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 <laughs> and possibly so... Manchin toys if they can. <laughs> if they get out I in time choose, for next Christmas. Yes. I choose not to respect the Manchin. <laughs> yeah, I can't seem to, to find anything. I put the the uh, Gruel Orphans on it, and I don't see anything that suggests they were... You know, sometimes there's, like, behind the scenes, like, yeah. oh, they were introduced in this, and we're going to be a line, but it was canceled when money wasn't there or something. Mm. Like, I don't see any indication of that, but they're also not on the top of their game, the uh, Cracked Research team, so maybe there's something out there. Maybe we should give them coats. 
This might be later He-Man, like where they were still trying to get shit going, but it just wasn't wasn't working out, you know. Yeah, this it was this aired December of '85, which is certainly towards the tail end of He-Man. Yeah, like the the movie, the live action movie came out in '87, and that was almost like the last gasp of the original. Like they. Uh, Canon Films thought it was going to be this huge hit, and by that point in time, everybody had already kind of moved on to other stuff. Mm-hmm. Shout out Canon mm. Films. They're amazing. Uh, they're a great, that's a, that's a crazy story. <laughs> right? History of Canon Films. So then, yeah, shortly thereafter is when they retooled He-Man, and we had the new adventures of He-Man, where it was like more explicitly sci-fi, and they had He-Man in space. And, and he was like skinnier, yeah. and he had a mullet. Yeah. And yeah. Skeletor, I remember this clearly. Because there was, they redesigned Skeletor too, and he had hair. He had like a mullet. And it <gasps> was like. like, a po- like he had like a 90s almost ponytail. And it was Did like cool? real doll hair on the figure. Oh, weird. Yeah. It was that. a. It was an ultimately failed attempt to reinvigorate the line in, as, the, as we transitioned out of the 80s into the 90s. Mm hmm. Uh, as for this uh, Christmas episode, David, does this fill you with the Christmas spirit? Oh, I got so much Christmas spirit. <laughs> toys, toys. That's what I wanted. It taught me to want toys. <laughs> Carolyn, how about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could use some toys. I could use some adult sexual toys that are also a helicopter. Yeah. And a handcloth, just attachment for reasons. <laughs> Uh, maybe the specialist part was when Skeletor got a new metrosexual tiny dog friend, but I wish he didn't lose it to those awful shrimp car people. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just the sparkles, just the rainbow sparkles and that adult man horse. Sign me up for Eternia. If I find one of those portals, I'm sorry, I'm leaving you all forever. That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. We won't, we won't even put a search party up. For you, though, Carol. We'll do a search party because then we can have another crossover. <laughs> well, as soon as you come back, I, you just go to bed. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Get out. Go. Uh, how about you, Ryan? Did this make your heart grow three sizes? Yeah, when Skeletor is like <laughs> grappling with being evil, but also like being pretty cool about stuff for a little while, that's like my favorite shit I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why it's so <laughs> funny to me. Like, it's so great. It really cracks me up. Of the character, yeah. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, this held up better than some of the other random He-Man episodes I've encountered as an adult watching it unironically. Um, It was certainly a a little long. I mean, I don't know that we needed like three cutaways to Orko (laughs) learning about Christmas back on Earth. Yeah, I mean, they're trying uh, to fill an hour. Yeah, yeah, they were clearly trying to... part could have been cut if you got... Yeah, you you could have just been like the kids are on Earth and now Hordak and Skeletor are trying to capture them. And you know that whenever whoever wrote this, when they turned in the script, they're like, "Here is the script." They're like, "Does it fill an hour?" Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, green light. <laughs> <laughs> and action! Don't you want to uh, read it? Yeah. No, no, just go, go. But yeah, oh. I thought it did a good job of uh, feeling kind of like momentous in terms of being a, a team up between. He-Man and She-Ra, and then having both of their villains involved while also doing some, like, Christmas stuff and being Christmassy without being overly schmaltzy or, or you know, leaning too far 
one direction or another. True. It's, we took it for granted, but it's not always that uh, He-Man and She-Ra get a party together. True. Yeah, true, like true. it didn't, you know, it happened in the kind of the early, like the introductory story of She-Ra, but they really didn't mm-hmm. cross over that much. And this is, you know, I feel like it was, there was some charm in seeing the two of them in action together and having their villains team up again and mm. all that kind of stuff. So it, it felt like it filled the space it was meant to fill well. Uh, which is probably more than we could ask for from a He-Man She-Ra Christmas special. I, I'd say the same thing about that yeah. helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> that it filled the space it was meant to. <laughs> well. <laughs> Put yeah, that and, under the Christmas tree skirt. And all that stuff with Skeletor was was legitimately, genuinely entertaining. That shit and was affecting. so funny. I yeah. felt so sad when they were abandoning that dog in the tundra. That was yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh my God. And the kids did it too. They didn't even stand their ground. That's a, I don't like those wiener kids. Right? Well, they were. See, they are damn wiener lives. kids. <laughs> <laughs> they were so overjoyed for the the pittance of a slightly warmer coat yeah, that, that they couldn't like, stand up to skeleton. Like screw this dog. Let's just get walking. Uh, so, David, where can we find you abandoning kids on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Dr. Bits, Dr. Spelled Out, and at therealgentlemanofledger.com. Uh, Carolyn, how about you, abandoning kids or otherwise? Uh, you can find me chasing the sensual pleasures of a helicopter <laughs> and muscle hunks online. Uh, my Twitter is at Carolyn Main, and I'm on Facebook and Tumblr. And that's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. And also I have another podcast, Pitch Please, where we pitch movies, and that's really fun. And you can listen to that on iTunes and Stitcher. And look it up at carnivalstudios.com. That's C-R-A-N-I-V-A-L Studios. Check out Pitch Please there, and you can buy the deck at pitchplease.fun. And uh, Ryan, if somebody wanted to metaphorically grasp you by the groin while falling from a parachute on the internet where might they go to do that <laughs> oh they would go to ohyesvernice.com would you 69 with them on the way down <laughs> all the way down well what else is a website for <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter, licking Skeletor in the face at Austin Gorton, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com as well. As for the show, we are a very special episode. Our website is a very special episode podcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at AVSEPod. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash AVSEPod. And uh, you can email us at AVSEPodcast at gmail.com. Download yeah. uh, and listen to the show via iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. And uh, you can also rate and review us at those various platforms. So for a very special episode, this is Austin Gorton wishing you Merry Christmas and saying, I have the power. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special
and the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together we defend Castle Grayskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. My beloved steed, fabulous secrets were revealed to me the day I held aloft my sword and said, For the honor of Grayskull! Few others share this secret. Among them are Light Hope, Madame Raz, and Cowl. Together, we and my friends of the Great Rebellion strive to free Etheria from the evil forces of Hordak. 